You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you've been following along with the podcast, if you like the podcast, please do us a great favor if you could like it, subscribe to it, leave a comment, rate it, and take a screenshot of the logo and post it on your Instagram story and tag some friends who you might think would benefit from hearing this podcast. I'd really appreciate it. We've put in a lot of work with this podcast. We are now on our 150th episode. So yay for all of us on episode 150. Today's guest is actually going to be myself. As the founder of Built for the Stage, we luckily have been growing and growing and growing since 2017. And a lot of you might be new to the fam, and I wanted to just introduce myself or reintroduce myself to some of you. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my story and how Built for the Stage ultimately got started. After that, I'm gonna give you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven topics, I'll say, that have really really allowed me to grow really throughout my whole life. They're life lessons, but they're also business lessons, not just with Built for the Stage, but as an actor, um, as a new coach, as far as a business or life coach. And these are seven, I think I said, topics that I want to share with you that I think have extreme value. But first, let's get to who am I? And how did this whole built for the stage thing start? So at an early age, at age four, I have a photo of me in this all gray suit uh, with this kid guitar that I used to bring to weddings and play out on the dance floor pretending that I was this, I don't know, guitar player. Uh, A young Ricky Martin, if you will. I don't know if Ricky Martin plays a guitar, but I'm currently in Miami right now. So Ricky Martin came to mind. Um, I say that because that was like the origin of me being a ham or me wanting to be a performer, but fast forward a little bit. I don't do anything in the arts. I grow up in a very athletic family and I play three sports, baseball, basketball, and football. I'm the captain on all the teams essentially. And I'm a really good athlete. All right. All of a sudden in seventh grade, I chose to be inquire that year because the year before I tried band and band was a lot more of a commitment than choir. So I switched to choir and the uh, school play was coming up and my, my girlfriend in middle school at the time 
Uh, her name's Danielle Spencer. I bring her up in a thousand interviews. So I have to, I'll say her name and say, yo, what's up, Danielle? Thank you so much. Um, the school play was Much Ado About Nothing, a Shakespeare play. And she really wanted to do it. And you're in seventh grade. You have no car. You have no means of hanging out with your significant other um, without having someone transport you, someone being maybe a parent, um, being your personal taxi. So you want to do activities on a consistent basis where your significant other is involved. So I was like, cool, I'll do the school play. Sure. It means I get to spend a couple of more hours with you afterwards. And then I don't know, maybe we go to the mall and walk around like a middle schooler. Well, she didn't get cast in the show and I got cast. So I'm this little seventh grade, three sport athlete now in tights doing much do about nothing. I think I was Balthasar at the time. Funny story. Um, I can't remember one of the supporting characters, but a kid that was in eighth grade was one of the leads and his, and the New York Yankees made the world series that year. And his dad got tickets and surprised him and pulled him out of the play the night before so that they can go to New York and watch the world series. So we actually had uh, someone with book in hand during the play uh, filling in for this person. That's an aside, but also a funny story. So the play's over and I hated it because I'm in seventh grade. I'm a jock. I don't understand Shakespeare, whatever. My middle school choir teacher at the time, Kelly Scourge, she sat me down. Um, another person, pivotal part of my story, sat me down in a study hall in choir and was like, hey, we're doing a musical Guys and Dolls Jr. in the spring. I think you should really give it another try. You're really good. You should, you should just one more chance. So she got me, I did, and I loved it. I think I was uh, a waiter in one of the Havana scenes and yada yada. And I later actually went on to do the show professionally um, in Guys and Dolls. It was a big like full circle moment for me. But anyways, I fall in love. And from then on out, uh, eighth grade and on, I do every school production. I'm luckily uh, the lead in every one. I, I, you know, I was, I was, uh, good enough. I'll just say that I'm, <laughs> this is the story I'm trying to humbly say it, but I was the lead in every show going all the way through, uh, middle school and high school. All the while I was still playing three sports. Luckily my school's, uh, drama theater program was pretty advanced for what most high schools have, but I was also lucky enough to have, uh, coaches, sports coaches that would work with me on my schedule, maybe because I was good at sports as well. Um, so they would do it. So a little uh, story about that. Sophomore year of high school, uh, it's baseball season just starting out and I'm in Ohio where I'm from. And you have to start baseball practice in the basketball gym because it's actually too cold in Ohio to begin practices outside for baseball. So I'm in the gym and I'm a, a pitcher and I'm doing pitching practice, but at the same time, rehearsal for Oklahoma is going on in the school auditorium, and I was curly, and a girl in the show would run from the auditorium to the basketball gym and say, hey, Joe, your scenes are coming up. I would run to the school auditorium to do my scenes, and I would run back to the, baseball gym, uh, to the basketball gym to keep doing pitching practice for baseball. And I tell people that story a lot because that really gives like, direct insight to how my life was this 
crazy balance of uh, sports and theater. And I found myself loving both sides of this, sports and theater, and became a natural bridge, if you will, between the theater kids and the jocks. And my friends in sports would show up to my shows in the front row and they'd be super supportive. At first, obviously, they were skeptical as most young high school jocks are, but they grew an appreciation for it and enjoyed themselves. A couple of them enjoyed it so much that actually talked them into being a part of a couple of the school plays. Uh, so anyways, life goes on in high school and I become recruited for uh, being a pitcher in baseball or playing football. Uh, baseball I was actually better at, but football was my passion. Um, but as far as going to college went of like what I was going to study, I didn't apply myself. I'll say it. I didn't really apply myself in high school. I got A's and B's. I think I got, a, I think I had a 3.1 in high school, but it wasn't because I was trying or really looking towards the future. So I was like, what am I going to do? I heard of a couple of people that uh, went to school for musical theater. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that because I still loved musical theater. I still was like really working at that, taking voice lessons and, and the works. So I auditioned for, uh, I think it was CCM, Penn State, Otterbein, and the school called Coastal Carolina. Um, I went to this school called Coastal Carolina to audition because I grew up going to Greenville, South Carolina every year. And we had friends that would tell us about this school, Coastal Carolina. And also my spring uh, vacation for baseball, we would always go down to play in the spring tournament in Myrtle Beach. And I would always drive by Coastal Carolina University. And uh, yeah, so I applied there. I first went to CCM for my audition. It was my first one. I did not prep well. I got rocked. I'll just say it that way. I got rocked. And then after that, it was kind of like a workshop or a preview, if you will, for me to get my act together. And I was working with an audition coach. Uh, her name's Kelly. Uh, no, her name's Ellen Lettrick. Uh, she, uh, yeah, had a big part in me going to, to college for musical theater. And we kind of reevaluated how to do these auditions the best that I could. And the next three went really well. I got into Penn State. I got into Otterbein. I got into Coastal Carolina. I wanted to go to Penn State. Tuition at the time, I think, was $34,000 a year. And uh, they gave me a $3,000 scholarship, which would get my tuition down to a whopping $31,000 a year. That's not even accounting uh, room and board. So, uh, yeah, uh, Otterbein, same story. It was a private school, um, and expensive and coastal Carolina was much more affordable, quote unquote, affordable. Um, the whole college business is a big racket here in the country and really needs to get reevaluated, but that's for another story. So I go to coastal Carolina, uh, here's where built for the stage kind of starts. I, and in my dorm room freshman year, I got cast as uh, Frankie and Forever Plaid going into the, to the school year before the school year even started. And I'm doing that and very busy with it. But during the weekend on Saturday, 
I would be in my dorm room and I can hear the loudspeaker of the football game going on. And I would be crying in my room because I really missed playing sports. I missed football, especially. So that spring, I walked onto the football team. I made the football team. I became captain of the walk-ons. Walk-on is like a person that tries out for the team that wasn't really invited or given a scholarship. So it's a tough road to actually make the team that way. And, and I did. And that spring, we were doing crazy for you. And I remember getting up at uh, 5 a.m. to make 5.30 a.m. conditioning, go to class, do weights and football practice, get out around 5 or 6 p.m., go to rehearsal at 7, and then you know get done at 10 or whatever, and then wake up and do it all over again. That, that was very taxing. And uh, eventually I made a decision to only do football for two more seasons and then before senior year, cut that out. But while playing football, I got really close to the strength and conditioning coach and he influenced me to start looking into uh, training and training others. So I actually got a personal training cert my freshman year, very early, uh, 18, and started training people. And ultimately, the people I was training were actors. So my first contract uh, that summer doing summer stock was in Arizona. And all of my castmates were like, you know, hey, can I train with you? And then a gig in Wisconsin, I can re really remember uh, Juan Torres Falcon. He's, uh, oh, I love Juan. And we trained together and uh, Chris uh, Chinesi. Uh, these were people that were part of my cast that inevitably just wanted to train with me because I, I knew what I was doing. And as a kid in theater growing up, let's call a spade a spade. You don't do a lot of gym stuff typically. You know, you might be intimidated by the gym or whatever. It wasn't your thing. But it's a very key component to being a professional performer is training the body because you are a professional athlete. You are an actor athlete. So as this kept going on, I kept uh, doing my shows in school and I graduate and fast forward. I'm in New York and I'm booking shows. And again, I'm training people in my shows. All the while, I'm training myself. I'm figuring out how I can train myself to be the best I can be while maintaining my show or rehearsals or auditions because, you know, you can't be so tired that it affects your singing because you're fatigued, which will then make vocally yourself fatigued or uh, holding tension or smashing your legs on a leg day and not being able to do your performance of cats that night. So these were all things that I worked on. So with my background with sports specific training from football into, I got into triathlons. I was really into that because I was still seeking that competitive atmosphere. Uh, into a background with some bodybuilding. I fell into CrossFit and uh, have dabbled in yoga, but have given those reins to our flow instructor, Elise Needery, who does a great job with our flow program uh, for performers to help them with their flexibility and mobility that directly helps them on stage. So I have this very eclectic background of not just training myself as an athlete or a performer, but also different modalities of training. And I've created this cocktail, which has now become built for the stage. So there was a point when 
I was working at a gym as a, as a manager and I was only training actors. And I just finally was like, I want to really go all in on this. And coincidentally enough, the revival of M Butterfly was happening, I think, in November of 2017. And I got to, tr I was hired by the production team to train Jin Ha, who was uh, starring opposite of Clive Owen. And Jin had to do uh, a, a pretty big transformation for the role. And I had a great time uh, with Jin. He was such a hard worker. He did what I said. And it was, yeah, it was just that. He, he let the work work. And I'll get to that a little bit later on. And it was at that point, I was thinking like, I need to go all in on this. I need to quit my gym job uh, as a manager and like really make this business. And I ended up right after that getting asked by a theater I used to work for in Virginia to go down and direct a show of Mary Poppins. And I accepted that and it got me to leave my gym job long enough to do this gig as a director to realize, hey, if I do X, Y, and Z, I can sustain myself and live off of the earnings of this actors only fitness company, which eventually was called Bill for the Stage. And through some business mentors and different backgrounds I had studied within the fitness space, I decided upon this model where it would be a very low cost to entry business where a client could have their own coach because you know let's be real a good percentage of performers are they're up and down with financial stability due to the business i got a gig one second and then the next second i don't have a gig and i'm you know back to uh, doing my other job until i can get that other gig and that's just a tough life to live and kudos and hats off to all of you who are doing it and still doing it. And I knew that if I truly wanted to affect the community in the most positive way possible of creating this bridge between the theater world and fitness, that I would have to do it in this way. So actor athletes that are family members of Bill for the Stage get their own program we're making adjustments to what they need or where they're at. Maybe they're on tour. Uh, maybe they can't go to the gym one week and they're working out from home. Or maybe they're in Lion King and they're, they have this puppet that's front loaded on them and it's really hurting their posterior. And we give them special movements for that, et cetera, et cetera. So going into the weeds a bit there. I say all that because we're at this point now of, I think, truly making an impact on allowing performers to know, hey, I can't just randomly take these both boutique uh, fitness classes or steal this YouTube workout or look at this Instagram influencer and just kind of do this chaotic circle this dance if you will of these random workouts that have no progression and i hope and think that bill for the stage is giving performers the realization that hey i am a professional athlete and professional athletes aren't just going to studio abc 
once every couple of weeks and then having brunch after or going on a YouTube channel to steal some workout. No, a professional athlete has a professional coach and that professional coach has them on a program that is progressing on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis. And with my dual expertise in fitness and theater, I have been fortunate enough to create this program. So first off, anyone listening that is a BFTS fan member, thank you so much. And if you're not, you can always go to billforthestage.com to try a free trial. So that's my story. I think I'll end it there and get into our seven topics that I wanted to get into. But that's who I am. That's uh, Bill for the Stage, an online fitness app where we interact with actors from all over the globe that are on Broadway, they're uh, in the West End, they're on uh, tours in the country, they're in international tours, they're college kids, um, or they're actors that are just continuing to audition at the moment. And that's us. So I'm going to get into our first point, and I wanted to encourage you all with these seven points. The first one it's uh, these seven points are actually based off of a new consulting coaching business I've started because a lot of fitness entrepreneurs are looking to do the same thing that I have done. If you hear my dog drinking, forgive me, but I'm not going to edit it out of this podcast because it's 2022 and we've seen news anchors stand up from their computer screen with no pants on. So that's the world we live in now. I feel like y'all will accept that. So... <laughs> Back to the coaching business to help other entrepreneurs. These are seven points I brought up, but they actually directly impact performers as well. So the first thing is special people start. So start starting. When you see someone that's special, well-accomplished, uh, someone you look up to, someone that's won awards and uh, you know have not smacked anyone in the meantime, anyone that has done something worth taking note of, they have done it by just starting and having the unwavering belief in themselves that what they are setting out to do, they will do. And I'm not a Kanye West fan, but there's a documentary out right now with him on Netflix talking about, not talking about, showing his early days and the amount of confidence he had that he was going to make it was just like, you could not brush that aside, like mad respect for that to him. And another thing besides the belief in himself was that he was good. He was a really great artist. So obviously skill comes with this, but to be special, you not only have to have these special talents and skills, but you have to believe in yourself and believe that through the ups and downs and trials of this very tough business that you will accomplish what you set out to accomplish. Next thing, uh, know as many people as you can. I've referenced this a couple of times on a few episodes about a book called Never Eat Alone. But if this world is all about who you know, why wouldn't you want to know as many people as possible? Now, I'm not telling you to go around and seek to take advantage of people or to use people. You obviously have to provide uh, value of some sort to the people that you're meeting. You can't just go around with your, your palm out asking for handouts. But that's all, all to say, a lot of us are shy or introverted, even if we're performers. I'm a, perfor a performer. I'm 
uh, I can speak in front of people. I can do this podcast where I've been talking for 23 minutes now. But I would consider myself a uh, introverted extrovert. I believe that's how I want to say it. Yeah, I can do the thing, but naturally I shy away from talking to people or being the center of attention or or carrying on conversations. So I have to lean against that by introducing myself to people and having these conversations. And you never know where these conversations will lead. And I'll just leave it at that. Let the work work. I said this earlier with Jin Ha. A lot of you, especially in fitness, I'll, I'll target this to fitness, but even your, your voice lessons or what you're working on with dance or anything in your craft, you have to allow the work to work. You have to pick a program. You have to pick a plan that yes, you've done your due diligence on preparing and making sure that it's a good plan, but you have to stick to the plan. The best plan is the plan you stick to because this game of life, of business, of the theater world is about consistency. It's about showing up on the daily. It's about doing the things that are called upon you to do to make the thing happen. So let the work work. Stick to a routine, even if it's not an ideal situation to do so. So I was in Ohio visiting my parents about a couple of weeks ago, and I have been big on journaling, going to the gym, doing a certain type of routine. When you're at home with your parents, you all know this, or your family, it's hard to keep that routine going. So I didn't have my 15 to 20 minutes to journal. I didn't have my home gym. I didn't have the means of transportation I needed, but I still went to the gym or I still went downstairs in their basement and worked out. I still did my journaling, even those five minutes. The journaling wasn't great. The workouts weren't great. But when I got back to my usual habits and usual routine and usual life back at home, the usual was a lot easier to get back into. And a lot of us, it just takes a moment, it just takes a day, it just takes a week or something to knock us off track and we never get back on or at least we take a very long time to get back on track. And then by then you've created such a deficit for yourself that it seems so daunting to get back on track. But if you do what I just said of just staying in routine even though it's not ideal or even though it's not gonna be your best, it's gonna keep you on routine so that we keep making that progress, okay? Taking the two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. And if you're on vacation and it seems like you took four steps back, it's okay. Get back to just taking at least one step forward to just get back to normal if you're tracking with me. My third to last point. First, you have to be able. Second, you have to be willing. So able, you have to be able to sing the note, dance the step, act the scene. You have to be able to do the job at an elite level that could get you the work. But ultimately, you have to be willing to do what it takes, again, on that consistent basis, or do what it takes to sacrifice what needs to be put out of your life, you know, not partying at 11 or 12 because you know you have your audition and you need... Uh, the next morning and to be your best at that audition, you have to sacrifice this nightlife sometimes. This is an off, just an example. But again, it's one thing to be able. 
A lot of us are able, but mostly it's about being willing to endure, to sacrifice, to be consistent. Second to last thing, self-talk. This is big in our community. I hope it's big in our community. I hope it's big for you. The sun is setting right now on me. My, my lighting is getting a little off if you're watching this on YouTube or Instagram or wherever I've posted it. But self-talk is so huge. The most, the most important words that you'll ever hear from anyone will be from yourself. Your conversation with yourself to yourself are the most important conversations that you'll have in your life. And if you can start to take note of these conversations in your head of what you're saying to yourself, you could maybe write them down if you're saying excuses or negative thoughts, whatever. Write them down and then analyze them on how you can redirect that conversation, how you can change the dynamic of that conversation. Oh, I'm just, um, I'm just not cut out to be on Broadway. I'm just not cut out to book a job. I'm just not cut out to have my play produced on a stage. You have to start changing that to, I am putting in the work that will lead me to be on Broadway. I am spending 45 minutes a day writing, whether I feel like writing or not, and this will lead to my play being produced. These are, again, just off the top of my head examples. Might not be the best ones, but if you can start to shift your can't or won't or, or unable to language to I will do these actions and it will lead to this result, you'll be amazed with what, what comes of it. And I've seen it firsthand in my life. And if there's others that you can relate to or have these conversations with, I hope that they'll share that same thing with you. And my last thing is uh, you got to ask. You got to ask. Uh, a lesson I learned from my dad growing up is if you want something, you have to ask for it. And if you don't ask for it, you'll never get it. And if you ask for it and they say no, then you are no further behind than when you started. So I have, I have been able to go where, I've, where I have arrived through asking. And again, going back to knowing as many people as you can, your introductions to people or your requests or asking has to be accompanied with authenticity, has to be accompanied with a win-win attitude, has to be, has to be married with, I have value to give. And if I could have a new person come into my life or a new opportunity come into my life, what I have to give will not only value others, but it'll, it'll, val it'll be of value to myself. Or I should have said, what would be of value to myself will also be valuable to others. So we're past 30 minute mark. If you're still with me, I ended with the, you got to ask, because again, I'm going to ask if you like this podcast, if you support it, if you want it to keep going, please like it, please comment, please subscribe, please rate it, please share it on your Instagrams, please follow us on Instagram or TikTok at Bill for the Stage. Please go to our website, check us out, BillForTheStage.com. I confidently ask that of you 
because I have confidence in what we have to provide at Built for the Stage. I know that you helping us spread the word or you uh, checking out our program is not because only I want to, to grow this thing or have it benefit me or my team. I want to have this service, this business that we created to benefit, to increase others' worth as far as how they feel about themselves, how they feel physically, how they feel emotionally, or just have that direction towards bettering themselves in their career or in general. So I'll leave it at that. Thanks so much to Broadway Podcast Network, our producing team. You can check them out at bpn.fm. I'm getting emotional right now because I love this. And it's been a trying two years for a lot of us, all of us, and we're still here. So I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the belief you have in Built for the Stage. Again, if you've been a supporter or a member, and if you're new to this whole platform, uh, welcome, all are welcome. And yeah, until the next one, I'm Joe Roscoe, later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.